the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because Christ is King, no one can remain neutral. Everyone must decide to be for Christ the King or against Him. There is no middle ground. This is what we see on Good Friday, and it's an important lesson for us here in our world of today. When Christ affirms that He is a King, He affirms it before the high priest. He affirms it before Pilate and the Romans. They all respond by rejecting him as king. And they make a mockery of his kingship. Herod and his army, they dress him to ridicule him and his claim to royalty. The Roman soldiers taunt Christ as king of the Jews while giving him thorns for a crown, reed for scepter, and rags for royal robes. The chief priests instigate the crowd to shout back at Pilate, We have no king but Caesar. Christ is one of their own, but incredibly, the crowd rejects his kingship. They prefer the imposed rule of a despised foreign tyrant. Because Christ claimed to be king, he was hated and crucified to death by so many people for one reason or another. The rulers and the chief priests, they indeed wanted a king, but on their own terms. Their kind of king should ride a war horse and not a donkey. Their king should take care of the righteous and not sinners. Their king should judge the world and reserve salvation for those few who are deserving of it, such as they themselves. On Palm Sunday, the crowd was willing to call Christ their king, so long as he received popular recognition. Everyone wants a winner. But the moment Christ passes out of favor, the fickle crowd turns on him in hatred. And Pilate and the soldiers... In their own way, they too choose to reject the kingship of Christ. The Romans are willing to tolerate the Jewish religion as long as their subjects keep it private and to themselves. However, if religion has public claims and consequences on their own Roman worldview, then it must be forcibly put back into its private place. And then there is the bad thief. He, suffering on his cross, he lashes out to mock Christ. You would think that this man in agony would acknowledge his sins and ask forgiveness. But the bad thief stubbornly refuses repentance, pridefully preferring his own will to that of Christ the King. All of these various attitudes against Christ the King on Good Friday, they can all be found still today in our own society. At times, we resemble Israel's religious leaders. We do want God, but on our own terms. We long for His coming. We cry out for His help. But then we resent His intrusion. We resent the call to conversion which He presents to us. Perhaps we are presumptuous. We want a king, to be sure, yes, 
but our kind of king must behave as we want him to. Sometimes we are like the impenitent thief. We demand that the king do what we want him to do, that he save us without any repentance on our part. Rather than conform ourselves to the truth, we complain and we criticize against him who is the truth. More often than not, this pride is just moody and childish. But if this willfully stubborn blindness to the truth about ourselves and God persists day after day, then, like the bad thief, it may one day lead to tragic impenitence in our last hour of life. And at other times we are like the Romans. We allow God to have a part in our lives, but we don't allow him to rule our lives. Today's society limits God by drawing a line where we do not want him to cross. We forbid God to have any say in politics. We forbid him to have any say in economics, entertainment, our love life, etc. As a society, we have restricted Christ to private life. We've accepted the error that faith is a strictly private matter, and we fear to look different or of offending someone else. Our society wants to claim the right to be one thing privately and another thing publicly. Now, of course, this can't last. We inevitably privatize our faith so much that we ourselves no longer believe it. Today's Feast of Christ the King was established to combat this privatization of faith. And such was the aim of Pope Pius XI in his 1925 encyclical letter, Quas Primas. This feast is meant to help us recognize publicly that Christ is King, that He has rights, and that we must rally to serve Him as such in our society as well as in our hearts and homes. The Pope writes that because Christ is King, we must receive Him as He is, not as our pride would like to have him. We must give him total authority over everything, not just a portion. Pope Pius XI writes, Not one of our faculties is exempt from the empire of Christ the King. He must reign in our minds, which should assent with perfect submission and firm belief to revealed truths and to the doctrines of Christ. Christ must reign in our wills, which should obey laws and precepts of God. He must reign in our hearts, which should spurn natural desires and love God above all things and cleave to Him alone. He must reign in our bodies and in our members, which should serve Him as instruments for the interior sanctification of our souls. End of quote. This is how we can do our part to reestablish the reign of Christ the King in our world today. We must imitate those faithful souls who on Good Friday stood by Christ as He suffered His passion while they served Him as their King. Like the good thief, St. Dismas, 
We must admit our sins, every one of them. And we must humbly accept the pardon which Christ offers to those who sincerely repent and who are not presumptuous. Such repentance represents the full acceptance of Christ as King, giving Him authority over what is most painful and shameful. Like Mary and St. John, we must remain standing at the foot of the cross, standing to keep our Lord company, standing with Him to make reparation for the sins He is subjected to. And we do this by daily prayers, offering up our sacrifices, remaining faithful to the duties of our state in life. All of, the th- all of these things are most powerful in extending the reign of Christ the King. And then like Veronica and Simon of Cyrene, we must brave the threats. We must stand up to the taunts of the crowd to maintain the practices of our Catholic faith and to stand up for the truth. The truth about the crime of abortion, the truth about the sanctity of marriage between man and woman whose relations must remain open to life. To stand up for the truth that we Catholics must not and cannot support those government officials whose policies are diametrically opposed to the most fundamental issue of human life from conception. Like Veronica and Simon, we must stand up for truth by leading a good example, an example of mercy to those in need, an example of true fraternal charity by offering a word of instruction and encouragement to those who might not know any better. So today, on this feast day, we cannot remain neutral. No. But we must reaffirm Christ as our King. King over every aspect of our lives. King over our society. And let us renew our good resolutions and not be discouraged if we have already fallen away from them so many times in the past. Christ our King, He knows our weakness. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And this is why He comes to help us. He comes to heal us through the power of His grace. In the Blessed Sacrament, at each and every Holy Mass, Christ our King makes so many graces available to us. So many blessings are available to you through that enthroned image of His Sacred Heart in your home. So let us not underestimate what Christ can do for us if we fully choose to give ourselves entirely to Him. If we do our part now, if we trust in Him each and every day, His grace will sustain us through the present hour of human history so that, having suffered continually for our King in this life here on earth, outnumbered though we may be, we may nevertheless be made worthy one day like Veronica, Simon, and the good thief, to enter the eternal happiness of his kingdom in heaven. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.